Hello and welcome to Today in STEM as we discuss what's new in the realms of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics as all combined to make your world a better place. I'm your host, Wes Sumner. This new program gives you an inside look at all things STEM, hearing from experts and relating their knowledge to our everyday lives. We're pleased to have as today's guest, Tim Muth. He's a faculty member in the Biss College of Business at the Florida Institute of Technology. Welcome, Tim. Thank you very much, Wes. Good to be here. Exciting to talk to you today about a topic that we hear bits and pieces of, but but many of us really have so many more questions than answers, and that's cryptocurrency. Tell us, Tim, what is cryptocurrency? Well, first, Wes, let me start with a couple of disclaimers. One, I don't think there's any experts in this field now. It's very, very early. It's kind of wild west. Like you said, there's a lot of hype Right now, a lot of noise around it, particularly with younger people. I mean, I hear it from my students all the time. So I have two modest goals. One is not to uh, overwhelm you with new terms and acronyms, things like uh, Bitcoin and um, smart contracts and digital wallets, all this other crazy stuff. And the second, most importantly, is to keep you and our listeners awake throughout this discussion. (laughs) Well, we appreciate that. All right. That's the goal. (laughs) Okay. So cryptocurrency is as simple as this. It's a digital currency, which means it's no physical paper like you and I are used to, no coins, that there is a decentralized ledger, thing they call a blockchain, that there's all these computers out someplace in the world keeping track of the transactions. It allows people to buy and sell without a middleman. And the middleman to you and I is going through a bank or a broker. Uh, There's no federal government involved. You know, there's not any entity raising interest rates or issuing more money, that kind of stuff. It's kind of like a people's revolution in personal finance is the way people describe it. And it's been around for a couple of years now, but is growing in uh, in attention that's being it's being received. Yeah, from from my understanding, back in 2008, there's, this gentleman came up with this white paper about this uh, electronic currency, which became known as Bitcoin and launched, I think, in like January 1st, 2009. So you know, in the scheme of an old person like me, it hasn't been around that long, <laughs> but certainly in the last several years, got a lot more attention, you know, and, and probably what's done it is a lot more folks have, particularly with the pandemic, had some time to look at financial markets, mm-hmm. um, got concerned about what governments were doing in response to that. Also, they saw Bitcoin pricing go from a couple thousand dollars to 60, 70,000 mm-hmm. and then drop and then back up so I can make some money. And, you know, I think all those things have sort of come together. It's the new people used to mine gold. Now they're mining bitcoins and cryptocurrencies. And 07, 08, some financial turbulence uh, through that period of time that was that was going on. Why did cryptocurrency come into existence in your view? I, in my view, I think when you're right, the, the financial crisis got people concerned, you know, if, if these governments we thought were behind all this stuff, that things could collapse. You know, we see the market fall, all these jobs lost it. Maybe that's not the best system for us. People also saw that banks make money in good times and bad times because you and I pay fees to have transactions done. They said, wouldn't it be nice to be outside that? You know, we get this blockchain thing, which is probably one of the things that's going to last a long time. It's the way to track stuff. There's more transparency so we can see what's going on and, and the ownership. So I think a lot of those things coming together. And, and again, there's a, a lot of folks that don't have access to banks. You know, you and I don't quite see that where we live here, but in other parts of the world, um, they may not have access to banks where now with just an internet connection and a mobile phone, it would allow people to trade things of value where before you had to go through some other middleman, you know, either a bank or a PayPal or so many people taking money off the side of it. 
This could be a, a, a what they call a peer-to-peer transaction. Let me ask you a loaded question uh, and understanding with a disclaimer that this is <laughs> not to replace the expert advice of your financial advisor, <laughs> but is at a very basic level, is cryptocurrency a safe investment? At a basic level today, no. Okay. Will people make money out of it? Yes. Okay. So I, I was doing some research, Wes, which is very unusual for me. <laughs> but, but, but the kind of numbers I came up with, and let me grab this sheet to make sure I got it right, mm-hmm. that as of about now, there's 15,000 different cryptocurrencies. So we hear a lot about Bitcoin. That's probably the bulk of what's out there. One of 15,000 different 15, flavors. Okay. So, so you tell me all those are going to make it. Mm. Now, um, there's about 220 million people that hold some kind of crypto. And the total value of this market is about $2 trillion, which sounds large, and it is, but in the scheme of the entire world economy, not all that large. The reason I say not safe, it's more of a speculation at this point. Okay. But unlike, like, if you and I owned a stock, that says we own a small, small piece of a corporation. If they continue to grow, they gain market share, they increase profitability, our share gets more valuable. Right now, with the cryptocurrencies, this is Tim Moose speaking. Of course. That the way you make money is what's called the greater fool theory. That if I pay $25,000 for Bitcoin, I'm hoping you buy it for 28000 next week. You're hoping somebody buys it for 32000 a week after that. There's no underlying real asset behind that. There's no gold backing there's, it there's up. There's no gold. There's no company. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether it's somewhere down the road, we all assign value. You know, where mm-hmm. you freely would take Bitcoin and you knew you could go and spend that for something of value. It's like now with our paper money. Our paper money is backed by the government, but it's only usable because we think someone will take that for us. You know, I, I work really hard at Ford Tech. I get paid a good salary. I'm going, you know, they give me that money in paper. I can go spend it for stuff. But that paper wasn't worth anything. Like countries now like Venezuela mm, yes. or El Salvador where their money gets devalued. They got barrel loads of paper. They're taking to go buy toilet paper you know, or eggs or can't even buy anything with it. So cryptocurrency now at this point, it's just someone else will pay more for it than you paid for it. But maybe it comes real down the road. And so with this show and with our conversation today, we want people to be knowledgeable. Where should folks go for reliable information so that they can make their own personal decisions about cryptocurrency? And, and the first thing is, is key here. At this point, this is the Wild West. You know, people see gold out there. I, I, the analogy I use is to the dot-com period back in the late 90s, and early 2000s, that many of our listeners probably remember that, that if you just put dot-com or internet in your name, you were instantly worth a couple hundred million dollars. You know, and it turned out that most of those went bust, but some of them remain and now, now we're doing quite well. I think Google came through that time period, Amazon, a couple other ones we can name right now. And some really good things came from that, but a lot of folks lost a lot of money. I think we're in the same stage here and, you know, my advice to people is do your own research. You know, the other advice I'd give people at this stage, you know, I mentioned 220 million people holding it. So there's there's something going on here, right? Right. And if you want to dabble in it, you take some percent of your funds. I'd call it a small percent of your discretionary funds that if you lost it, you can still sleep at night. Or the analogy I use in my classes since we live in Melbourne is when I go over the causeway at night, if it's been a bad market day, I want to jump off. <laughs> it's a good market, I keep driving home. So, okay. you know, if, if you can't sleep at night and you're going to jump off the causeway, you probably invested That's too much money. It's too speculation. Much. It's kind of gambling. You know, we go to Vegas. We gamble. We have a good time knowing we're probably not going to win. This might be the same thing. You enjoy the process of trading it, learning about the market. But if you lose 
1% of your, your money, it doesn't you, cripple you. You're not going to lose the house. Your kids can still go to college. Yeah, you have a house. You put the, the braces Absolutely. on your kids and that kind of stuff. Last question with the time we have remaining. What do you see as the future of cryptocurrency? So one, and most important, I think there's going to be some government regulation. Now it's fairly unregulated. With the government regulation, that will bring a bit more order to it. And so maybe folks that are a little bit more conservative investors feel more secure on that. I think many of the cryptocurrencies, if not most, will disappear. There'll be a few strong ones that come through it. You know, we're seeing now that, um, again, I warned you about the acronyms, but these ETFs, electronically traded funds, that there's now some being built around cryptocurrencies. And there's other more mainstream ways that you and I would invest build around crypto markets. So I think more folks will gravitate towards that. You know, we might go to Fidelity or Vanguard that has an ETF on that because they know more about it than trying to buy individual cryptocurrencies. You know, there's another thing that's being developed called stable coins. And that's a cryptocurrency that supposedly holds reserves, like say in US dollars or Euro. So it has a stable value to it. That might come into existence. You know, maybe a way for us to put a foot in there, but there's something else backing it. And the last thing I'd leave it, well, two, two last things would be, if you see Amazon, Walmart, many banks embrace this, those are probably real trends. And the last thing is, nobody knows what the future is. So if anybody tells you, they're lying to you. But there's something there. So caution is the watchword. Or small experiments. Oh, experiment. There we go. There we go. Reasonably uh, small investments. We've been chatting with Tim Muth, faculty member for the Nathan Biss College of Business at Florida Tech. Tim, thank you for your time. You're welcome, Wes. Thank you. That's going to do it for this edition of Today in STEM. Until next time, I'm Wes Sumner. Today in STEM is brought to you by the Florida Institute of Technology and WFIT. More information available at WFIT.org.